BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. If you're on Instagram, chances are that you have swiped past a gorgeous image of all of Atelier's and instantly hit save. The Los Angeles-based lifestyle brand has quickly become one of the most exclusive and sought-after home decor brands, completely disrupting the market today. They like to say that they offer objects with old souls, like a pot from Turkey, a marble sink, or a wooden cutting board. And the brand has garnered fans like Elsa Haas and Kendall Jenner, and a loyal Instagram community who shows up every other week at their Culver City warehouse to grab one of their sourced items from their drops. There's no e-commerce platform or shipping allowed. It's all IRL, and if you blink, it's gone. In today's episode, I sit down with its co-founder, Kendall Knox, who shares her experience building a one-of-a-kind retail experience and one of the most coveted brands today. She also shares how to build a cult following on Instagram and their incredibly exciting new chapter at their new downtown LA space. If you're in LA, the space is opening this Saturday. I highly recommend getting down there. It looks incredible. I hope you guys love this episode and are having an amazing start to your new year. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here's my friend, Kendall Knox. Hey, lady. Hi, babe. How are you? Happy New Year. We are literally <laughs> back to school right now. It we is are like back the first day school. back post New Year's. I had back to school jitters today and I was going to work for myself. So I don't know how everyone else felt. But <laughs> She's basically telling you guys that back to school jitters never end. <laughs> exactly. They are perpetually there. I flew home from travel yesterday just because I was like, I need to organize. I need to wake up on January 3rd like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. Have a lunchbox packed. Absolutely. Kids ready to go to school. <laughs> me ready to not leave my home yeah. office two doors down from my bedroom. Exactly. Absolutely. How's the new year? It's good so far. I mean, we just, you know, moved into a new space for the business. So we've been kind of like getting our hands dirty with that. And my business partner just had a baby. My parents just left. There's a lot going on, but we're having a good time. Sounds like a pretty epic way to start the new year. It is. It's a busy, I don't know, the older you get, it's kind of like, what's a new year? It's just another day. You know, like I was laughing with my husband about how People celebrate the new year with special things, but I kind of just want to like wake up and like tackle another day, you know? When I was younger, I used to wake up and think that the day of New Year's Day, I would be like a brand new person. Yeah. Like 
the auto, like I'd be like turned off, yeah. on, like a whole new version of myself would happen. And now, yeah, I agree with you. As you get older, it's just another day. It's just yeah. another, you and know. you got to like drop the expectation that everything's going to change in one day because otherwise, how are you going to survive, you know? So this year I did something different. Usually, oh my God, when I was younger, I would write like all my goals for 20 whatever, uh-huh. 2015. And it would be like pages long mm-hmm. of like things I want to accomplish in the year and things I want to change about myself. And I think as I've gotten older, you really do realize that you don't accomplish many of those things. Mm-hmm. And if you accomplish some of them, that's a really amazing thing. Totally. And so this year I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up on January 1st and I'm going to set five goals for myself yep. for the year. One fitness, one work, one personal, mm-hmm. one maybe in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Just things that I want to tackle that I can actually do. Yeah. And it felt so good. I like that. I think like things too that you can maybe tackle in like a couple weeks too without it needing yeah. to feel like, you know, the whole year is spent getting there. Because I think sometimes the goals we set for each other are so monstrous and like they're going to take you nine months to get there. It's like, why not just kick one of those goals out of the way in like a couple weeks time? Totally. <laughs> I, a lot of my goals were actually things that I've already been thinking about for a long time mm. that I just want to tick the box on. So they feel like less overwhelming. They're things that I've already been marinating on. Like it all feels so achievable. Mm-hmm. It just feels different. I don't know. I feel like New Year's resolutions and setting intentions has become as marketable as Christmas has. Oh, a thousand percent. It's so crazy. I feel like I'm it's like… It's a season. It's a season. <laughs> a season we're, in one day. We're in dry January. We're yeah. in setting intentions We season. are. We're sipping tea. Okay. We, yeah. We're, you know, we are here to renew ourselves. Oh Someone said gosh. something to me the other day that I thought was amazing. It's like, if I'm in November and I say to you, I'm going vegan, you're going to be like, okay, live right. Mm. But if it's January and I mm-hmm. say I'm going vegan, you're going to believe me. Oh, that's and be true. like, absolutely, go for it. Like, for you sure. got this. For like, sure. January is the time where anything can happen. Miracles I mean, can happen in January. My husband came out of the sauna last night and came into the kitchen and I was cooking dinner and he was like, we're detoxing. And I was like, what? Like, this is the first piece of, like, wellness or exercise you've done in months. Besides walking around pots. Right. That doesn't count. (laughs) And you walk into the kitchen and you're on a detox. I'm like, just slow down, bud. Like, let me finish this chicken soup and we'll talk about it after. (laughs) Baby bites of intentions, guys. That's my new new thing. I want to hear all about this new space. I'm so oh excited gosh. about it. it. It feels, I also love that you're bringing in this new space at the beginning of I the know. year. It feel. it just feels like really good juju. Like it feels you know, great. That wasn't actually intentional. It just sort of like happened that way. Yeah. I think we were kind of bursting at the seams by the end of last year, which is what, three days ago. <laughs> and so we decided to find a space five times the size and just Not go just two for times it. the size, guys. Yeah. Five times the size. No, it's it's beautiful. You know, we've moved from Culver City into what we like to call the iconic arts district, which is really just popping off at this point, right down from like Soho House downtown and there's beautiful coffee shops like Maru Coffee and Blue Bottles down there and all that fun stuff. So We've got a beautiful showroom slash warehouse down there that we've been like transforming over the last, you know, three to four weeks, maybe longer. And now we're just about to get in there and like really style things out ahead of our first drop. So it's been so much fun, very tiring and a lot of like physical work, but worth it. Yeah. I'm sure people who are listening are wondering, okay, if you're moving into a bigger space, will the lines be as long? I mean, it's hard to say. <laughs> There's more room for a longer line. Okay, guys, There's you heard, also, it, heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. There's also more room inside to yeah. shop more easily. I don't know that the lines are going to get longer. I just think that 
you know, more people are going to shop with with more ease and more seamlessly because we have a bigger space, bigger systems, a bigger team, all of that. So, I mean, what does that look like for you now? I mean, you've built this like amazing thing in the past three years that like I don't know a single person who doesn't love you guys. One and a half years. 2020? <laughs> well, we started in 2021. Oh my gosh. June of 2021. I stand happily corrected. <laughs> that is, a, that's a, actually a triumph. I mean, I don't know a single person who doesn't know all of Atelier. That's really nice. Thank you. You probably don't either because if they know you, they know all of Atelier. That's true, actually. <laughs> I sh- I, yeah, you, you're right. You're actually right. But yeah, it is really like thrilling and you get kind of giddy when you're out and you mention what you do or you mention where you work or whatever it is. And that person's like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I'm like, really? How? Like, yeah. and that excites me and that feels rewarding. And that's like, you know, the best gift anyone could give me at this point in my life, I think. But yeah, we've definitely been able to kind of establish brand awareness pretty quickly and get the word of mouth out. I think now it's going to be about keeping that momentum and finding new markets and reaching new audiences and continuing to kind of like move the needle because we don't want to be doing the same thing, you know, or as everyone else, we want to continue to kind of like be innovative and like be leading the pack in in how we're retailing and how we're styling and all that fun stuff. So you and I were just sitting outside and <laughs> we were talking about this new space and you shared something with me that I think is actually like the pinnacle yeah. of having your own company and being able to like do what you want to do and give back to the people that you love. Mm. So we were talking and mm. I was like, how's the new space? And she was like, oh, my my co-founder, Laura, just had a baby and I surprised her. And I flipped one of the offices into a surprise nursery <laughs> for her. And the footage is on their TikTok if you guys want to go check it out. But I'll let you, if you I'll let you tell the story because I think it's such a good moment yeah. to reflect on of the success that you've built. I mean, like I'll take it back just a step. I think like people don't realize like, what we've been doing whilst doing this, you know, like Laura, you know, became pregnant, whatever it was, just over nine months ago. And then, you know, she went on maternity leave late November to have Oliver, who is gorgeous. And while she was out, I was trying to think of ways to make sure that she felt safe and happy and, you know, comfortable returning to work and you know we've missed her that entire time obviously and I was like okay what could be better than coming back and being surprised with like a really safe gorgeous cozy space for your son to kind of be while you're working she's so passionate about the business too and she wants to be there so like why not do this and actually I didn't tell you this but one of our vendors one of our suppliers who's just like they're like family to us was like hey you know, Laura's having the baby, what can we get her as a gift? So they actually covered majority of the cost to flip that nursery as a gift wow. for her too. So it was really nice. It was like the coming together of this vendor that we've been working with and us and really making it a really safe and special place for her. And you're right, it is really rewarding for me in particular to feel like I can give back to someone who I love or take care of someone that I love. So that was a special thing to do, you know, at Olive and for my friend and my partner. So I just think that's a beautiful story to reflect <laughs> on as like a founder. You yeah. Know, you build this thing up. And I think a lot of people see it from the outside as this amazing company that's mm-hmm. growing and flourishing. But on the inside, you know, it's all about taking care of your people mm-hmm. and to get to a point where you have the ability to create this space for her that feels safe and healthy and rewarding for her to like come to work with her baby and not feel like she has to take time off or that Mm -hmm. her as a quote unquote startup founder has to pull away so that she can have a kid. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I I think 
hearing that story was, you know, I love you and I love the business, <laughs> but hearing that just made me just fall in love with you guys even more. So really quickly, just to bounce back, when's the new space going to be open? Our first drop is the 14th of January. Okay. We, you know, hope to back that with another one two weeks following, but it is shaping up to be a very special space. So I'm really excited to start kind of teasing that content and letting people experience what we've built. Love it. I cannot wait. <clears throat> wow. Love it. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's go back to the way, 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 way mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. I remember so clearly in 2021, my mom sending me a message. Yeah. And I've told the story to you oh my God, times. Uh, it's the best story. <laughs> this story. My mom one day, so my mom is an interior designer, a developer extraordinaire. And she sent me a message being like, oh my gosh, I found this account that I love. It's this old woman in Italy. I don't know. She must be old because her taste is impeccable and she has so many things. And she lives in this incredible house and her whole life is so glamorous and perfect. And I wish I could be her. And I just, I wish I could buy her things. And I'm like, mom, send me this account. Who is this person? Like, I want to follow them. She I'm sends dead. me all of it. It's hilarious. I mean, I'm a 33-year-old Australian girl, but I will take the compliment. She fell in love with you guys because you had built this really incredible presence on Instagram, a curation of things that you were obviously sourcing, things that you found inspiration from mm-hmm. around the world. So that's the beginning of how I found you guys, mm-hmm. my my sweet mom. <laughs> and finally understanding that some Instagram accounts can be inspiration you accounts. Know, she was so excited when she found out that I knew you and that you weren't this Italian woman in Italy <laughs> that she in could Los never Angeles. get in touch with. Yeah. But she could actually shop. Yeah. But so take us back to the beginning of yeah. Atelier. Tell us how this all came together. I mean, loaded question. I think like... <laughs> So many, I have, there's a couple little founding stories that, that kind of blends together. You know, Ben and I are, are well, now husband and wife at the mm-hmm. time we were, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, Laura and I actually used to be roommates, both circumstances in which, you know, I've loved building a home with these people, Laura, my friend, Ben, my partner. And we've always found it difficult to mostly, you know, in LA, but in general, find really beautiful, unique pieces one-of-a-kind pieces, vintage and antique pieces of furniture and decor that, well, A, were accessible or easy to find, and B, were like fairly priced because a lot of the time there's like a crazy markup. And that's, you know, sometimes fine, sometimes warranted because they these are hard to source things, but other times, you know, not so fair. So we kind of set out to fill that gap and knew we wanted to not just create, you know, a store or a place that people could walk into, you know, nine to five, like, you know, your traditional retail, but more an experience. So I think, you know, my experience at Revolve taught me a lot about what it means to build a a brand, a lifestyle brand, and, and feel invested in that brand and really enjoy more than just the product, but, you know, the story being told or the trip or like, you know, what, what it, you know, evolves from that. So, I took some of those learnings and and we really just paired this like beautiful product with fair pricing. And then, of course, this concept of a really immersive and awe-inspiring experience. So, you know, we have the ancient olive tree, which is like the center of the space. Every time we drop, it's a new assortment of old pieces, you know, restyled and merchandised and really sparkling with like a story to tell. I would say the the craziest part of our story is just the the rapid growth. So we started 
as I said, in June of 2021, just dropping little collections on Instagram. And at that time, we, we called it our virtual atelier. And it was just, you know, we styled everything really beautifully. And we'd drop on like a Monday night. And Laura and I would be in the, on the DMs just responding to the first people that DMed saying, okay, it's yours, you know, sold to you, sold to you, sold to you. And we kept selling out of those small collections. And by November of 2021, folks had been kind of you know, politely demanding an in-person <laughs> touch point, which we get and we wanted to do. We just didn't think we'd be ready for it at that point. So we opened a little pop-up in Venice at a friend's warehouse, the unlikely florist in Venice. And we hosted like a six-week pop-up for the holiday and we had a new drop each each Saturday. Same thing. We would sell through, you know, 80 to 90% of the inventory each time we opened doors. And I will never forget arriving the first drop that we had there to see a line waiting for us because we didn't know if the brand would translate from, you know, a little Instagram thing to an in-person thing. And it did. And we were like gobsmacked and so proud and humbled. Anyway, fast forward, we realized we couldn't go backwards from where we were. We had to go forwards. So we you know, hustled and signed a lease on a 5,000 square foot space in Culver City. And that's when we opened January of 2022, our official flagship, which is no longer because we've just moved into a 22,000 square foot space in the arts district one year later. And that's just, you know, mind blowing for us to be here this soon. It's not to say we didn't aspire to be this t- type of business. It's just that we didn't think we'd get there quite yet. So very thankful and super excited about what we're going to do next. I think it's a really interesting case study, right? I remember like that's kind of what home edit was in the beginning. Yeah. Like people were just obsessed with like the aesthetic and the way and the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard to actually create a business that way. Mm-hmm. But I do think that like if I could distill it down into anything like businesses today that work for me, it's product, aesthetic, customer service. Yeah. And you can accomplish all of those things mm-hmm. on Instagram really quickly. I mean, for us, it was like, it was semi-intentional to have all of the communication happen through Instagram because A, we didn't have the bandwidth for anything else. <laughs> we, you know, there was three of us and we, we started the business as a side hustle, you know? It wasn't like we all quit our jobs and just like got stuck in. So there was that. And then also we just knew that if we could centralize the communication in one place, people would know that they had to stay engaged in that one place or they would miss out on the information or they would miss out on the content. So we have a text list, we have an email list, but both of those lists send you the Instagram basically to get the information. That's definitely how we started and how we built such an engaged audience from the get-go, I would say. What has been your experience in building a cult following on Instagram? What feedback can you provide from that experience? And I'm sure that there are so many people listening who want to start a brand and gain that little following. It's a tough one. I, you know, I guess one thing I'll say is like, once you start, you can't stop. Like once I started, once we started creating this inspiring content, we realized we had to keep going. You can't just take a month off. You can't just not post that week. You know, you have to keep feeding the beast. Um, So, you know, creating that content and setting time aside to kind of like create something new and inspiring was really important. To your point around customer service, I was like a stickler about getting back to people within like 20 to 30 minutes. Right. We're really 
to the, you know, for the most part, quick to respond to people because that's, again, what I like. I like hearing back from the person on the other side. And I think, you know, further to that, of course, you know, we've partnered with lots of partners, brand partners, influencers, friends, for the most part, who have supported me and our brand. But having that external community also wanting to support organically has been a huge leg up for us and really something that I think has helped drive our success. But I do want to reiterate because I think people misunderstand like influences and and how they work. I think it's really important to understand that like you should have these partnerships or these engagements come from an organic place. It's never just like a, you know, you have to do this for me thing. It's like, do you want to? Is this where you are in your life? Are you building a house? Are you furnishing that house? Are you furnishing the nursery for your baby? Like meet people where they are. Absolutely. That's, I think, my biggest piece of advice, both in building a brand and also building relationships, you know? I think the meet the people where they're at thing is like underline exclamation point a million (laughs) times. I do feel like we're in a time where it's true. Like I'm also thinking about it now. Like I'm thinking of you and the Gab Wallers of the world. We're in this time where like all we do is have websites with 136 pages to sift through of clothes and art and furniture. And it's so overwhelming sometimes that it stops me from the pursuit. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to find someone that's going to Give me the curated edit. People are craving a little bit more of that intimate perspective. And I think you guys Mm -hmm. did such a good job of establishing like such a strong brand identity of who you guys are and what you what you're about. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that, you know, we we definitely did set out to kind of clearly communicate who we are as a brand and what we're representing. You know, we like to say that we celebrate objects with old souls. So I love that. Um, and that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that every single thing in the atelier is vintage or antique. It means that it has, you know, charisma and, and a, a story to tell yeah. more than anything. But yeah, we're trying to step away from something that feels mass produced that you could buy anywhere and, you know, is a little bit more unique. And, you know, it finds you almost. You walk into the atelier and you're like, that's my vase. There yeah, she it's like is. One vase out of, out of like three hundred. I'm like, that's it. That's kind of that's the one. Me. And because right. it's got that special patina, or it's got a little bit, you know, the arms a little bit bent or chipped or something cute, you know, like yep. that's what feels special to me at this time in my life. So you know, it felt organic to share that with other people. I brought up brand identity a little bit before, and mm. I want to dive into it because mm-hmm. I think so many people who would ever sit down with you and have the opportunity to ask you a question they would probably ask how you built this absolutely beautiful company. Can you share some insights about that process between the three of you of what it was like Mm -hmm. kind of organizing and brainstorming Mm. how to bring all of Tilly to life? Mm -hmm. So funnily enough, the brand identity I built in a day. (laughs) So once we decided that, well, once I had decided that we wanted to build this, Laura was on board because she loves this product and she's very excited and passionate about, you know, home and styling and interiors and all of that. Ben is very savvy businessman, you know, incredible with finances and things that I don't understand. I bring to the table, you know, the brand marketing, the brand building angle. Once we kind of had a line that we wanted to explore this, I pretty much became obsessed and couldn't not think about it. So spent, you know, one to two days and a sleepless night building this brand identity and it came very organically again because it was everything that I valued and wanted to portray you know so 
of course, we sat and collaborated on certain things, but I wanted it to kind of, you know, evoke nostalgia, for example. I wanted the brand to feel really authentic and transparent in the way that it communicated. It wasn't, you know, sitting down and picking like brand colors and all of that. It was more just about like, if this brand was a person, what would you want it to do, say, think, feel, you know? So my advice to someone trying to, you know, do that is do that, (laughs) you know, sit down and think, you know, if this brand was a person, how would you want it to be represented? And that was really fun for me because that's traditionally been my job and to do it for myself and for something that I love was so rewarding. We didn't waste time building a logo or doing any of that. We just started. We let like the brand icon and logo and fonts and all of that actually come a little down the line. We thought it was most important to start building the community, which is why content was so important in the early days and still is. You know, it was about sharing what we love, our inspirations, what we're sourcing, how we're styling it, and then kind of like letting the rest of it sort of evolve from there versus being like, this is going to be the brand logo. Now build the brand. You know, it's like the other way around. I love that so much (laughs) because I do feel like that's like so shoved down the throat of every founder. It's like build your type font, build your logo, build your brand colors, build your brand profile, and and then you can build the heart. (laughs) It feels like building the aesthetics of a brand versus the heart of it first. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I I just think that that feels so limiting. Mm -hmm. I remember you and I had this conversation once and you said to me, like, you got to just do it. Mm -hmm. If you get stuck and glued to the idea of, oh, I can't do any of these things until I have my type font. Mm -hmm. You're never going to do it. And I do love that you guys gave yourself the opportunity to let the company kind of live and exist in the world Mm. before those things came to you, because I feel like they probably informed them 10 times better than they would have if you came up with it before. You also just brought up that you put community first, because again, that has been something, even when I interviewed you for Forbes and we've talked about the company, that's something that I just have found to be obviously the core of your business and something you guys have just been so incredibly successful at. I would love to hear a little bit about the drop format, how that choice came to be, because I think that, again, supply demand. Yeah. You know, tell us a little bit about the the drop format. Yeah, the drop strategy. You're right. It's not like we were the first to do it. We're not the first to do anything. We're just the first to do what we do in the way that we do it, if that makes any sense. The drop concept definitely came from wanting to build excitement and demand. The thought of like opening a store that you just sit in nine to five and like, you know, have to kind of time is money, you know, sit there and and, and waste it waiting for someone to walk in the door didn't really feel like the right way to launch this brand. We felt like we needed folks to be knocking down the door, you know. So we just decided to drop when we could (laughs) we dropped every monday and then we were like hang on we can't keep up with this we need to do every second saturday we're going to make it bigger we're going to make sure that each time we open the doors it feels new and exciting and special we didn't want it to be the same all the time i think that there's ways to kind of like drop and we're still exploring those, but you know, so far it's it's been successful for us, and I think it's something that we'll kind of continue to tweak for for a little while longer and and see where it lands. We have talked about customer service a lot, and it's something that I was most excited to talk to you about in the multiple times now that I've interviewed you because I do think you're right with you know getting excessive DMs, wanting to kind of get back to them 
within 20 to 30 minutes. Instagram is a beast and the DMs can be really crazy and overwhelming. But I'd love to hear from you a little bit about your best tactics in building not just an audience, but a community. People feel so attached to you guys and like they're part of the Olive family. Mm -hmm. What has been kind of the key to your success in that? Yeah. I mean, initially, you know, obviously Laura and I were in those DMs, right? So we're now no longer. So if I don't write you back and you think it sounds like someone other than me, it's because it's someone other than me. But I initially, it just came from an organic and an excitement that someone else was excited. You know, like we would respond quickly because we were thrilled that someone had DM'd us. Right. And we would engage quickly because we wanted them to know that we think it's amazing that they think we're amazing. You know, that was a very organic response. And yes, I'm a publicist by trade, so I know that, you know, good communication is necessary and transparent communication is necessary. So we respond quickly to things. We respond honestly to things. If we don't know the answer, we say we'll get back to you soon. And we do. A lot of people actually write us and are shocked that we even replied at all because I think they're used to companies just letting you get lost in the DM and and not acknowledging. I think for us, one thing that I've been really like conscious of doing is continuing that love for the for the community for loving us. So anytime anyone tags us or posts us, we're engaging with it, we're responding to it. But consistently engaging is something that I think you absolutely must do and and should do. I completely agree. It's that like one-on-one interaction. Mm. Because I do feel like on Instagram today, people can be very like, I don't know. I feel like people can be very like, I'm unfollowing all these people. Mm -hmm. I don't respond to my DMs. My DMs are off. Mm. You can't reply to my Instagram Mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. And I totally respect if it's a boundaries thing and people just don't want to be flooded. But I think especially when you're a business, like making sure that you're talking to your clients on there. Because I think that that is the modern version of meeting people where they're at. If you're a business today and you're not like constantly responding to people over DM and comments and stuff like that, you're totally missing the boat on a whole audience of people that really care about your business and want to interact with you. Yeah. That's where they now ask questions and seek information. Totally. It's also why we centralized and to date have centralized most of the information about the business on the Instagram because they ask us a question. We send them straight to the highlight that answers that question, you know? It's funny, I DM'd someone personally the other day and they have their own brand, but I DM'd them about doing something like custom together and not for Olive, for me. And they kind of hit me back with a similar thing of like, find some time on my calendar. Here's the calendar link. And I was like, I hate that. I just want to talk to you. Yes. Like just quickly, if you don't mind. And then I was like, oh, now I feel that once it happened, I was like, I kind of feel like a dick because, yeah, that person's time is precious and probably I probably should have just put time on their calendar using the calendar app thingy. But it's just not what I wanted. I wanted to hear back from the person. I think it just it, it is reminiscent of the auto reply. Yeah. And I think it it's just it, you lose that human interaction. Yeah. To me, social media is all about connecting with people. That's what it was made for. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line of it. Like, I think I follow like 4000 people. Yeah. And, there are people that I know, people that I don't know, inspiration like inspiration accounts, like people that I love to follow. Mm-hmm. And I just think at the end of the day, if you can't be a person on the en- other end of that Instagram account, yeah. you've totally defeated the purpose of it. Well, you need it. to be as thoughtful as you are in your own real life. Yes. Like I try to be as considerate and thoughtful as possible in my real life. Why would I not do that on social media too? Right. Like if someone sends me a message saying I love your hat I'm gonna say thank you so much you know like 
that's just what you do. You don't just be like, like my hat. Again, <sighs> it's just, it's all about how you connect with people there. That's like yeah. where your business is at today. Thank you. Now, being a first-time founder, yeah. I loved hearing your advice from before. What's your best piece of advice now as a founder? One foot in front of the other. Totally. Totally. I don't know if some if anyone's ever said that to you or if it's cliche, but it's just so true, you know? I also feel like you need to know what you're good at and what you're not so good at and let other people do those things that you're not so good at, you know? You don't have to be a founder and great at everything. You can be a founder and have the vision and also lean on someone else to execute a strategy or a department well, better than you can. I think just having like the ability to let your ego sort of be pushed to the side. I don't assume that I'm always going to be right. I would love to always be right, but I'm not. So I think that's just important advice to kind of like, you know, check your ego at the door and, and let others thrive at what they do and not always feel like you need to do it better. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. Liv, I'm so happy I got me. to chat with you and hear more about it because I'm just the biggest fan ever. I think so, you probably think I'm like a weird fangirl at this point. Not at all. Half I'm, my house is Olive and I just won't stop interviewing you. <laughs> I am beyond honored to be here and, you know, so thankful for you and your support and your friendship. Always. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.